Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Loving God, as we gather here today on this Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we ask for your blessing. We're in the midst of the Advent season, a time for all of us to focus on our relationship with you. And we thank you for the gift of our Blessed Mother, who is a guide for us in what it means to say yes to you in our own lives. Be with us this evening and throughout our lives. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. We are here with Father Vince Lampert from the Diocese of Indianapolis, who has come down to join us in what is supposed to be sunny Florida, but today is <laughs> rainy Florida. Make you feel right at home. And uh, <laughs> it was 18 degrees this morning. Also, so not quite. Okay. So I'll take the rain and the warmth. That sounds good. And he's going to be speaking to our Faith and Al Men's Apostolate this evening um, about his role as. Um, exorcist in the Diocese of Indianapolis, and um, wanted to first off obviously welcome you to Fort Myers, Florida, Diocese of Venice, yeah, but um, want to hear about what the genesis of your talk, uh, we all have, everybody has their own ideas as to what exorcists do. What is it you're going to convey to the men that are going to be here tonight? I want to give uh, the men gathered here this evening an opportunity to truly understand what the church believes and teaches about the ministry of exorcism. A lot of people have their own thoughts about what the church teaches. There are some people that are even surprised that the church still even has exorcists today. Mm. And what what do you attribute to that lack of belief that exorcists actually still have a role to play in this world? And in fact, in, for what, everything I've read, an increasingly active role um, in the world today. Well, I think the people want to doubt it because if you really believe in the reality of evil, then it challenges you to think about your own relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And is that relationship where it needs to be? Yeah. So it really could be a, a wake-up call for people in their own spiritual lives to take their relationship with God more seriously. What, when you were in seminary as a priest, is this something that you ever envisioned or <laughs> thought about? Absolutely not. The exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis died in 2005. Okay. In fact, he was the priest at the grade school I attended. Oh, wow. And after he passed away, the archbishop was looking for a replacement. And I always say I got the job because I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Even the archbishop told me, he said, I'm appointing you to do this, but I don't know what I'm asking you to do. Mm. What did he mean by that? that he didn't know what he was asking you to do. Because he was even unfamiliar with. Wow. The Archdiocese of Indianapolis, historically, has always had a stably appointed exorcist, mm. which isn't true of many dioceses throughout the United States. Okay. So he appointed me, and then I was planning to be on sabbatical in Rome in the early part of 2006. Mm -hmm. So he told me to study this while I was there. Mm. So when I was in Rome, I was able to connect with a Franciscan priest mm -hmm. who allowed me to uh, mentor with him. So he took me under his wing, and then he allowed me to participate in 40 exorcisms mm. that he performed while I was in Rome for three months. Is Rome a hotbed of activity for a lot of what you, uh, a lot of the, the, the demonic in this world? Well, let's put it this way. There's about 125 exorcists in the United States. Mm -hmm. There's 300 in Italy. Wow. But the difference is you'll find other countries where people more readily accept a spiritual reason for why people are experiencing problems in their life. Okay. Whereas in the United States, we might be more inclined to doubt that, mm. thinking maybe maybe it's, it's a, a mental, psychological, psychological, it's a yeah. mental health issue. 
But the church obviously is very thorough before anyone undergoes a rite of exorcism in that they go through a psychological evaluation. Is that the case worldwide or is that just here in the United States? It's up to each individual country. So there's a protocol in the United States which requires a person to have a psychological evaluation, a physical evaluation, and then to meet with the exorcist and to fill out a questionnaire. Mm -hmm. The Vatican has even put out a questionnaire saying if this is something demonic, where was the entry point? And those questions help to determine where the entry point might be. Mm. Another step of the protocol would be to look for the signs of demonic possession that the church has identified. There's four of them. Okay. And what are those? Uh, Speaking languages, otherwise unknown to the individual. Mm -hmm. Uh, Exhibiting strength beyond the normal capacity of the individual. So so superhuman strength. Mm -hmm. Elevated perception. The person knows things that they should not otherwise know. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, it would be an aversion to anything of a sacred nature, mm. such as being shown a crucifix, being blessed with holy water, mm. being shown a Bible, mm-hmm. relics, and so on. You mentioned entry points. What are some common entry points that you've encountered? Uh, what are the more common? I know there's a lot of ways that the demonic can enter a soul, but what are the more common entry points? Uh, ties to the occult. Mm-hmm. So the word occult means hidden or secret. It comes from the Latin word occultus. Mm-hmm. It focuses on knowledge of the paranormal. It's people being involved in things like seeing a psychic or a medium, mm-hmm. playing with Ouija boards, mm-hmm. pendulums, horoscopes, uh, magic, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Black magic, that type of thing. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned psychics and mediums. I know... Uh, and I'm glad you did because I know of so many people who are Catholic in terms of receiving their sacraments and think it's okay to go to a psychic or to um, uh, watch mediums and, and all this. Uh, explain the danger of how, how you're opening yourself up I mean, when, you, when you do that, why that is. Well, the danger is in the, in the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, it says not to practice those things. Mm-hmm. not to, to see a psychic or a medium, to try to speak to the spirits of the dead. Mm-hmm. So those practices are condemned. They're a violation of the first commandment because people are looking for a substitute for God. Yeah. And if a psychic or a medium claims to have a power, the question is, what's the source of the power that they claim to have? Mm-hmm. And if it's not God, then what is it? Sure. So the church would say that they don't, that psychics and mediums don't have the power that they claim to have. They either have been duped by evil into thinking that it's them, mm-hmm. or they know that it's the evil working through them, mm-hmm. but they go along with it. Mm. The, um, everything I read, and I alluded to it earlier, is that um, there is a rise in demonic activity all over the world. What are you seeing here in the United States? What are you seeing in the Diocese of Indianapolis? Is that, accu- is that accurate? It is accurate. And my response always is, I don't know that the devil has upped his game, but it seems that more people today are willing to play the devil's game. Understood. Because faith in God leads us in one direction, and the lack of faith will lead us in another. Yeah. And faith is in decline in the lives of many people, even in the lives of young people. Yeah. You know, recent studies says that Catholics between the ages of 18 and 35, 79% of that age group has left the church. Mm. That's devastating. Yeah. So you're, they're wide open, they're without... They're not in a state of grace, not receiving the sacraments regularly, and they're essentially a wide open slate for 
yeah. they seem to be intrigued by, I mean, yeah. you turn on the TV today, shows about paranormal activity and ghost hunting, you know, psychics. They're all very popular. Yeah. It's almost as if um, they're searching for God in a very roundabout way. Uh, it's almost like they're trying to search for God through evil, trying to search for his existence through evil. Um, and we know that God allows evil to exist mm -hmm. so that we can find him and we can, good can come out of that. Um, what is um, something that you've experienced recently? Is Are there any particular exorcisms that you've experienced recently that say out of the normal? Are there any that have been abnormally uh, aggressive or um, startling to you? I know you can't reveal details about individual cases, but... Uh, I would say that almost after 15 years of doing this ministry that you know, there isn't much that startles, startles you. <laughs> because again, an exorcist is trained not to focus on what the devil is doing, That's right. yeah. but on what God is doing. I think oftentimes people are always fascinated by the manifestations of evil. People want to hear about levitations or sure. you know those types of things. Yeah. Is um, the increase of um, the practice of Satanism in uh, the public sector, and we just um, heard in the news about a black mass that happened in Houston, and um, you're hearing more and more about this becoming more prevalent in um, secular society, um, you know, that we have freedom of religion here, and so a lot of people that worship Satan or Lucifer are taking advantage of that loophole and trying to carve out their place in our country in terms of getting freedom of, of quote-unquote worship. Mm -hmm. um, do you <clears throat> think that um, has coincided with this increase in activity, that this more prevalent um, activity of Satanism and satanic I, worship? And I think the real goal of a lot of people that are involved in satanic activities is to remove God from the public forum. Mm. I really think that's the overall goal, yeah. is to take God out of the discussion altogether. You see that today where prayer is not allowed in schools. Yeah. People have, are debating whether or not we can have in God we trust on our currency, yeah. you know, whether or not you can have a nativity scene set up on grounds. Because I think there was one state house where then some satanic group wanted to put up a statue of Baphomet. Mm -hmm. You know, that if we can put up a Christian symbol, then we ought to be able to put up a satanic symbol. Sure. Yeah, they're exploiting the constitutional freedoms to their benefit. Um, this is obviously a, a Catholic men's group that meets. What have you noticed amongst American men? Obviously, there's a major loss of faith. You mentioned it amongst young people, I think particularly among males. Um, what do you, have you noticed, if anything, amongst fathers and husbands who have left the faith is there are they themselves opening themselves up for um, any type of this act whether it be obsession or possession are they opened up to this type of activity because of um, walking away from their faith and maybe um, embarking on a lifestyle that involves pornography and all sorts of immorality um, if you could speak to that yeah you know there's there's two different types of demonic activity it can be called extraordinary or ordinary. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary would be, there's four types. So demonic infestation, the presence of evil in a location or associated with an object. Demonic vexation, somebody's experiencing physical attacks. Mm -hmm. Demonic obsession, which are mental attacks. And then demonic possession, 
whereby the devil or some evil spirit would take control of a person's body, mm-hmm. treating that body as if, as, if, as if it were its own. That's Those situations can be rare, mm-hmm. but ordinary activity of the devil is really what's targeting a lot of people today. Mm. And I believe that when it comes to the ordinary activity of the devil, the devil has a four-stage plan of attack. Mm. And the words all begin with D. Mm. It's deception, mm. which leads to diversion, which leads to division, which leads to discouragement. Mm. So if you think of the story of Adam and Eve, it was deception. Sure. You know, the serpent said to Eve, surely you will not die. You will become like God. So right. they bought into the lie. Yeah. There's a lot of people today that I think are buying into lies about the human person. Mm. But where does deception lead you? Diversion. People are no longer on the path of God. You know, this past Sunday we had the reading where Adam sinned and God said, Adam, where are you? Mm. So off the path of God, we hide. Yeah. We're off the path of God when people stop going to church. Mm. Catholics no longer practice the sacraments. Mm. But when we're off the path of God, then it leads us to division. Mm. We kind of feel broken on the inside. Our lives are lacking meaning and purpose and direction. And then people try to fill that in with, with addictive behavior. Sure. You mentioned pornography, yeah. whether it's uh, alcohol or drugs. There's an emptiness and we're trying to fill it. But St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they rest in you. That the human person has the innate desire for God. And when we don't fulfill that desire, Mm -hmm. where does that lead us next? Discouragement. And I think there's a lot of people today that are just discouraged. Mm -hmm. You see that in the faces of people. You know, if you're out and about in restaurants and grocery stores, Mm -hmm. people just have no joy. Yeah. Do you think a lot of the mental health discussions that we have in this country today, the mental health crises, people that are on all sorts of different anxiety and depression medicines, do you think a lot of that can be attributed to um, that discouragement that you speak of? I think today more people are discouraged than they are depressed. Mm. But again, that discouragement comes from not giving God his rightful place. Yeah. And to me, the solution would be I think, you know, John Paul II talked about the new evangelization, the new springtime. Yeah. And I think groups like Faith and Now are helping to bring that about. It's yeah. reinvigorating the faith lives of, of men. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the three common forms of addiction for men, pornography, drugs, alcohol. Are there specific demons attached to those addictions? There are those that would say yes. Yeah. And they, because the, the, the devil would look for cracks in us mm-hmm. and then would enter that and then he would seek to fracture the human person even more because the goal of the Christian life is to bring a certain cohesion to our existence mm. and then to be able to give that back to God yeah. but if our lives are nothing more than a, a jumble of broken pieces then we have nothing to give to God Yeah. do you have any stories you could share about people who have since going through a rite of exorcism, have then embraced the, their faith, come back to their faith, and are living normal lives in a state of grace? Oh, there's many. There's many. I've done many exorcisms over the years. Again, whether it has to do with infestation, vexation, obsession, yeah. and even possession itself, the challenge for people that go through exorcism is to prepare them to go through it. Because it isn't just a matter of casting a demon out. The person has to have the desire to invite God in. Yeah. And so there are there's a person that I worked with early on in my ministry who was possessed by seven demons. Mm. 
and the, the weakest demons are always the first to go mm. and then the more dominant demons are the ones that are the, the last to go mm. and this particular demon told me it was its name was Leviathan mm. and it did not have to leave because it was invited in mm. and Leviathan is described as the sea serpent yeah in the book of Revelation yeah and it was true that this person that was possessed actually invited the demon into their life Oh, wow. Was but this through a Ouija board or through a, a, another? Misguided sense of charity. Interesting. They believe they were, this person was praying outside of an abortion clinic. Okay. And believed that somebody going in was possessed by a demon. Okay. And so they run up to the person and looked him in the eye and said, what's ever in you, I freely invite to come into me. Wow. Wow. A misguided notion of charity. And then yeah. for many years suffered all types of demonic manifestations. Hmm. But then I worked with that person for well over a year. The house has been swept clean. Mm. Then the demon goes and finds other demons worse than itself, and they come back and take up residence in the person. Oh, wow. So somebody that's gone through an exorcism is actually more vulnerable because the demon would say, I've been successful here before. Perhaps I will be successful again, mm. which is why it's very important for the person to want to live a strong spiritual life and to, to cultivate a good relationship with God. Well, one final question, I want to come back to what you just said there. Uh, a lot of new age practices are very common today. Uh, yoga, uh, Reiki, all energy movements, all these things. Could you speak to a bit about how that plays a role in, in demonic activity? Yeah, the church denounces those practices because they rely on some type of energy source. Mm -hmm. And the church would say, well, what are you referencing? Because either it's the Holy Spirit or it's not. Yeah. But this sense of energy is contrary to uh, Catholic teaching. You know, there's people that always say, well, I practice these things for the, you know, the, the exercise or the health benefit. Mm -hmm. And the church would say that the danger is the, the Eastern spirituality practices that come along with that. Because even some of the poses within yoga mm -hmm. are considered to be certain poses or postures directed to a certain... Uh, God, a pagan God. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's important for people to know because everybody does that. A lot of people do that innocently, not realizing what they're actually doing, what they're actually the posing. Yeah, and saying. that's why people need to be well informed. You know, even people that are psychics, I know, they lure people with a false sense of security because you may go into their office. Mm. They have a crucifix on the wall. Oh, they have a statue of the Blessed Mother, maybe a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Right. So you go in there and you think, oh, this can't be that bad. Right. You know, this is, you know. It's kind of like the voodoo stuff that goes on in New Orleans where they use yeah. saintly images to. Uh, yeah, you go out in front of St. Louis Cathedral and, and uh, they're in Jackson Square in, yeah. in New Orleans and they have palm readers all set up around the cathedral in the courtyard. Wow. Wow. Um, I want to go back to, I want to finish with this final question. I wish we had more time, but well, we're obviously going to hear from you tonight. Really excited for that. If you had a message for parents today, parents, I, I know of many uh, that are very scared about raising their kids in today's world. There's so much uh, evil and sin and temptation all around the world. Uh, a lot of parents are afraid to even let their kids go out into the world mm -hmm. and be a part of the world because of what's out there. Um, but the danger, though, is that they don't have to go out into the world. Sometimes the world comes to them. Comes to them. Through yeah. social media. That's right. I think I just saw an article where somebody was talking to a child via some... Oh, yeah, the hacked camera. The hacked camera, and yeah. they were claiming they were Santa Claus. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of ugliness out there. 
which is why I think the solution is to make sure that parents are teaching their children the importance of faith. Mm. Is there, um, do you, obviously the rosary is a strong, powerful protector for the family. Any other recommendations for a family, other than obviously staying in a state of grace, on how to, how to best protect their children as they grow up? I would say you, know, you go to Mass, you celebrate the sacraments, you pray the rosary, do things like Eucharistic adoration, mm-hmm. you know, go pray before the Blessed Sacrament. The Catholic Church has a wealth of spiritual practices. And the truth is, I always tell people as a Catholic, if you're going to Mass, you're praying and you're celebrating the sacraments, the devil's already on the run. Mm. You know, the devil isn't going to expend any more energy than he has to because yeah. he knows there's easier prey out there. Yeah. So if we make ourselves spiritually strong, mm-hmm. we don't have anything to be afraid of. And, you know, that's a mess, an important message. Be not afraid. Yeah. You know, we hear that even in last Sunday, you know, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary. Yeah. Fear not. Be not afraid. You know that the Bible, it says be not afraid in one form or another 365 times yeah. in the Bible. That's wonderful. Yeah. So we're reminded every day of the year not to be afraid. Yeah. And if we're strong and solid in our faith, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. You know, even as an exorcist, this doesn't scare me. Sure. I don't live in fear or worry about what goes on. Because you have a strong faith. Us. Yeah, because, again, God is there. Yeah. Um, I had one more question for you I want to slip in. Any sacramentals that you would recommend that uh, people wear? St. Benedict medal. People have, yeah, many people have St. Benedict medals. People wear scapulars. Mm-hmm. They might have uh, the miraculous medal. Yeah, sure. And again, those things are important because they always just remind us, you know, if you find yourself being afraid and you just put your hand on that medal, then it mm-hmm. just kind of reinforces, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what am I afraid of? You know, yeah. God's with me. It's like, you know, Psalm 91, I need not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. Do demons recognize sac- worn sacramentals? Do they see that on human? If someone is wearing that, is that a, uh, almost a, a deterrent, a repellent in some way? If that person's in a state of grace, I would say not just the metal, but to know that the person that it actually means something to the person. Interesting, because there's there is a danger, I think, for people just to see like a Saint Benedict medal as like a lucky charm, as a lucky charm, right? But it mm. has to point to something greater. Mm. I think the faith life of the person. Wearing the medal will scare the demon more than just the medal. Got it. Because I have a lot of people that have no faith background. I get about 1,800 calls a year from people yeah. and emails. And, you know, you can go buy an exorcism kit at, at, at a bookstore today. Wow. But if it's not connected to faith, yeah. it doesn't really mean anything. You know, you can go and buy the, the kit that has the bottle for the holy water and the salt and there's mm. a crucifix. Mm. But it has to point to something greater. We can't just mimic the words. There has to be faith that backs it up. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Uh, if you wouldn't mind closing us out with prayer. Yep. I would like to end with a Hail Mary on yeah. this feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Almighty God send his blessing upon all of you in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thanks for your time. We're looking forward to your talk tonight. Thanks for being with us here. Yes, my pleasure.